Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Paisley Gilmore. And I'm Laura Capon. And this week we'll be joined by sex a robot expert, Dr. Kate Devlin. <laughs> the, way, the way you said that made it sound like she was a robot. We'll be joined by sex robot expert. <laughs> I feel like we're a bit giddy today, um, and I just need she's to a say, human. Yeah, sorry. Um, our producer James just asked if this episode was going to be like Robot Wars with dildos, which is possibly my favourite thing he's ever said. Circular lot becomes uh, bang a lot, and he's just <laughs> dildos on his arms. We are adults. Oh. We are serious journalists. Uh, yeah, and Doctor oh. Kate is an incredibly intelligent woman, so. So we get it together get come on together. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually weeping out of one eye um <laughs> i was gonna make an awful joke then but i'm no move on keep it keep it to yourself um before we speak to kate i've been thinking this week elsie about um the concept of the sex bucket list like I mean, I don't know if I need to explain the concept of a bucket list to you. <laughs> Things on your list that you want to do sex-wise before you snuff it. I um, feel like, because we kind of did, we, spoiler alert, we do kind of discuss that intro beforehand. And I said, I have never thought, I don't, I don't have a sex bucket list, but I assume that mm. you do. Well, yeah, but actually only because I've had to write about them before. And then I thought, oh, I should have one of those. Okay. Because you ticked off your threesome. Well, now I've done that. I've basically, I, there's a, that we've got a list on the site of like sex bucket list ideas and um, I've done them all now. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I can Completed die now. Completed it, mate. <laughs> Completed it. Um, so I know you didn't have a sex bucket list before, but in, in the, the past 10 minutes that you've had to think about it, um, anything that you'd like to pop in, on that list and tick off? All I can think of, and it's 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 more of a scenario maybe than say a um, technique, but um, <laughs> it's really random. Is it Jaws? This- Is it Zelda? <laughs> Stop it! So I mean, it's quite cringe. So there's this awful film with um, Kelly Brooke and what's his name, Zane, Billy Zane, right? And it's a mm. bit of a like a late night Channel Five thing. And they end up on this like deserted island and she starts sleeping with, I don't know if he's one of the shipmates or I don't know what you call them. <laughs> I don't know what you call them. But anyway, they have like, 
yeah my bucket list is sex with a shipmate it's not but they have like this really intense sex on the beach like kind of in the wave um and i just think that would be incredible i know the reality would be very different and i would chafe and i'd probably hate it and i'd get all like salt in my eyes and oh but i think that sex on the shoreline (laughs) with a shipmate (laughs) he doesn't have to be a a working ship man I've got nothing to say. But, oh, do you know what I mean, though? Like, that just looked really hot. Yeah, but practically, probably not so Yeah, and just the idea of, like, it's just an empty beach, you know what I mean? You don't have to worry about the kids building sandcastles next to you. There's no one there. (laughs) Because that would be inappropriate. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's when it gets weird. Um, really interesting, Laura Capon. You, I can never predict what you're going to say, and that's one of the things <laughs> I love most about you. <laughs> um, that's a compliment. Weirdly, so this company called OnBuy.com did a survey of like almost 3,000 people about the, what's on their sex bucket list, and weirdly, sex on the shoreline with a shipmate didn't come up. Um, <laughs> didn't ask me then, <laughs> did they? bizarre. <laughs> Clearly not. One person said... Um, but so for women, obviously, because they divided it into men and women, because duh, um, women, the the uh, activity that topped their sex bucket lists was blindfolded sex. Oh, number one. And wait, are they yeah. blindfolded, I'm guessing, or their partner? No, they, have, they haven't specified. <laughs> There's a fatal error in this survey. <laughs> they're, they're both blindfolded. <laughs> Great. That's kind of what sex is like anyway, just awkward fumbling, don't know what you're doing. I feel um, that shows then, actually how sweet and naive we all are. Do you know what I mean? That's our number one, just with a blindfold. That's it's a nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, number two, though, gets a bit bougie, sex in a jacuzzi. Uh, <laughs> sounded like a bingo caller. <laughs> yeah, I did. Number two, sex in a jacuzzi. Um, I get that one. Yeah, I get that. I think it might be dangerous. Again, I just don't think it's good as a woman to have water. Yes. Water sports. Um, <laughs> That's something different, mate. <laughs> What's number three? Number three was sex in a lift. No. I think that comes... Have you seen Fatal Attraction? I think that comes from that. Do they have sex in a lift? Yeah, intensely. My thing is that you've only got a matter of seconds between floors. What sexual yeah. experience is going to be good in five seconds? <laughs> exactly. Um, let's keep going. Um do you want to go on to men? Yes. So men's is men's top one was um, bringing in a third party. Of course, it was. <laughs> Classic men. Surprise men's. anyone? No. Classic men, and I bet that third party is always a woman. It's never another man. Um, and then the second one was video call sex, like sex over, like the Zoom parties one we've done. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, Very... I can see I can see number three on here, and say it. <laughs> I'm not on board. So number three is sex in a public toilet, which just are we talking like public toilets, like streets of Soho? Well, that's what I was imagining. But do they just mean like in a restaurant? They, I I don't think they mean in a nice restaurant. I think they mean like a train spot in toilet. Disgusting, disgusting, really? <laughs> disgusting. Um, I think it's important to say there's a pandemic on and we we really need to be quite clean at the moment so don't know if sex in a public toilet but then again like for gay men 
in like throughout the past however many decades sex in the public toilet has been the only way that they've been able to kind of like hook up and like meet each other and stuff so i, I get where that point. comes from but this is all a bunch of straight men so yeah, you'd have to have your gloves and your mask on i think that's when i realize i'm a bit of a prude because i just go in and be like oh like looking around if the you know if the floor's a bit wet mm. oh Ooh, not for yeah. us um so if you had to do one of those things Put one oh. of those on your sex bucket list. What are you going for? Uh, so for the women, I'll do the jacuzzi sex. Yeah, you will. I'll risk the thrush. And <laughs> <laughs> for the men, um, the video call, obviously. What about really you? Really nice. I want to do <laughs> sex in a jacuzzi. I just want to be in a jacuzzi. And video call or toilet? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sophie's <laughs> choice. <laughs> or, we, or the threesome. We didn't even include the threesome. Uh, yeah, the threesome. Okay. Uh, Shall we ask Dr. Kate what's on her sex bucket list? We're joined today by Dr. Kate Devlin, an expert in artificial intelligence and human-computer interaction. She's the go-to expert on sex robots, a lecturer at King's College London, and author of Turned On Science, Sex and Robots. Kate also reckons she is the first person to utter the words sex robots in the House of Lords. What a legend. (laughs) Welcome, Dr. Kate. Thank you very much. I mean, maybe the first person, officially the first person. I don't know what they talk about on their tea break. So who knows? How did you come to be such an expert on these matters? Um, It's sort of a circuitous route. I started off my career as an archaeologist. My first degree was in archaeology. So I was very interested in people and the, the way people interact with technology and create technology. And I ended up going to do um, a master's course and then a PhD in computer science. And I got more and more into the way people um, respond to emerging tech and artificial intelligence in particular. And then the the sex part, I mean, who's not interested in that, right? It's a fascinating <laughs> subject. You're preaching to the um, choir here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we were all in the pub at a conference talking about, you know, things that robots could do. Um, and one of the things that comes up a lot is about robots. Should we, should we ever give them empathy? Should we ever get them to feel things that humans can feel? And of course, that turned to sex as well. And it was just fascinating. And, and I was seeing so many headlines about these sex robots and they all seemed really dystopian and sensational. And I, I just didn't quite believe them. So I wanted to find out for myself. So I went off and started researching them. So what do most people think a sex robot is compared to what they actually are? We have this wonderful anticipation of what it should be from science fiction. So we think of all those fembots in, in movies, you know, yeah. whether it's the... Guns for tits. Only, absolutely, <laughs> right? My mind went straight there. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that's the prime example. Or even, you know, the, the one, the, the beautiful robot in Ex Machina mm. or you know, Buffy Bot, all sorts of different things. And um, the reality is that there aren't even any for sale at the moment. There are a couple of prototypes out there in the world and there's literally a handful of workshops in the world maybe like two three workshops in the world that are trying to develop these and they're trying to develop them as really an add-on to the high-end sex doll market so if you have a high-end expensive sex doll then you add some kind of animatronics you maybe add some ai and you have a robot so there's a a working prototype out there called harmony and uh, a similar version called Solana, that's by the company Abyss Creations, who make real doll. And that's the closest that 
people have really got. Ah, so you can't you can't buy them. You can pre-order apparently, uh, but they're not actually being delivered to customers yet, as far as I know. Okay. And what can also harmonies such. <laughs> Such a sex robot name. Um, no offence to any harmonies out there. Um, <laughs> quick disclaimer. What can Harmony actually do? Well, not that much. For starters, she can't even stand up on her own. Uh, so they don't they don't really have much balance. Um, she can the only robotic bit is her head. So she has a robotic head and she can smile, very beautiful, subtle smile actually, and blink and turn her head. Um, and she has a, a standalone AI personality. So that can be, you can just have the personality as an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. So you can have a virtual AI chatbot girlfriend, but it does integrate with the robot as well. And then she is basically, aside from that, she is the body of a, a sex doll. Uh, so you could ask her questions and she'd reply? Yeah, you, she will get to know you. So she will store information about you uh-huh. and she's got access um, via Wi-Fi to the internet so she can look up facts for you. She can sing you a song quite badly. She can tell you a terrible joke. Um, and she can have a bit of a chat with you. She's like Alexa. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of a like a more sophisticated, Alexa. sexy Alexa, yeah. But people already talk dirty to Alexa, so, you know, why not take it a step <laughs> stage further? That's a very... Um oh, how do I say this politely, cis straight man view on what a sex robot should be, right? <laughs> it absolutely is. So that you, you've, you've hit the nail right in the head. This is a market by men for men. And it's really, these dolls are in particular are bought by straight men and they tend to be dolls in the form of a very reductive stereotype of femininity. Mm-hmm. Sort of narrow waist, big breasts, curvaceous hips, you know, long blonde hair it's all very barbie-esque mm. um so there isn't much diversity in this unlike more generally and more broadly in sex tech um so it's a very limited and i think it will remain incredibly niche first of all because these are really expensive pieces of kit so you're going to talk about ten thousand dollars upwards for one of wow. these things and then as well as that you've got to think about um the difficulty in making something like that the complexity of making one if you wanted one to move or walk around that's really really hard it's why we don't have many humanoid robots in the world because it's a very very (laughs) complex task and my thoughts as well are that practically speaking this is really inconvenient because where do you store it (laughs) this life-size creature in your home you know you could have a lot of space for these things so I I genuinely I, I think you can never mistake this for a human but interestingly the people that they are aiming these at, the, the current people who own sex dolls, they are interested in this from a companionship aspect. Mm. So it's not about, can I have a robot to have sex with? It's, can I have a robot that fulfills the role of a companion? And that's really emphasised in their marketing as well. They're very, very into putting this forward as something that creates intimacy and companionship and someone who is there for you. And the sex is almost secondary to that. That's, is that something that they've kind of put out to their consumers and like had that feedback is that how they know yeah so the the sex dolls that are bought um today although they are the the purpose is that you can have sex with these dolls that's for a few people that's the primary purpose because they are they fetishize the fact that it is a doll but for many people um, there's a really wide range of reasons why they might own one of one of the sex dolls so some people want them for the companionship so they 
they give them backstories and names and they dress them up. And this is not mm. a delusional thing at all. This is a, like a fantasy world, um, but not, not in a sort of damaging, delusional way. It's buying into role-playing and fantasy. Mm-hmm. For others, it's that they want to collect these, that they see them as pieces of art, or that they buy them and then they photograph them and style them and pose them. Um, some people are interested in them from engineering perspective. So there's a really wide range of reasons that people buy these. Some people are in relationships and they buy one. Mm. Others are alone and they like the idea of the projected companionship. There's no real um, distinct reason mm. for people buying these dolls. Do you think everyone that has bought, say, a Harmony has had sex with her? I think that people who um, buy the dolls, many of them do have sex with the dolls. So with the with Harmony, the robot, the, so she's just in prototype form and there is someone who is testing her out, shall we say. So, mm. uh, and he reports back to the community of, of interested people. Um, so he often appears in newspapers and things talking about it. Um, so there are, there are people who are who are actively trying them out, yeah. I feel like the general public's reaction to hearing stuff like that is kind of discussed or to assume, like, people are perverted for wanting to do that. Why is that, like, such a common reaction? Because, I mean, it's not harming anyone, is it? Right, and that's that's my thought as well. So I don't want to be the person to... I don't want to judge what other people get up to in their own homes in their own time. For me, that's something that is not harming anyone, and... I don't really see anything wrong with it. We all have fantasies that's you know fantasies that are often very unique to us, and some people want those fantasies to be in a tangible form. And why the hell not? So who who are we to say that they can't do that? There's a lot of worry from some corners. People say, no, but that means they'll never be able to form real human relationships. And again, that's not necessarily true because, okay, first of all, what's so great about a real human relationship at times, right? But, uh, <laughs> they're hard. No, they're, they're hard, yeah. And I can understand if you've got an easy option, you might want to go for that instead. But um, no, there, there are people who own dolls and have perfectly normal everyday relationships. Why do you think um, it's more men buying them as opposed to women because if it is for that companionship um i'd say that women get lonely as well i i think they do but i think that women are socialized to um to make friends more easily i think that's something that we are taught to do from a very young age so and we are also much it's much easier for us i i I think to be able to pick up someone of the opposite sex if you're straight and so maybe that's a factor that women have it easier in that way. Um, and then it's, I, I do think that, that that sociality is a big part of it. But also this tech is just not being made for women. They do do a male version of the doll. Um, it's not anywhere near as popular as, as the female versions. And it's very hard to find women who will talk openly about owning one of them. Uh, so I think it's the fact that the tech has also never really been aimed at women, um, which is very similar to a lot of tech that is built these days so women tend to be an afterthought in the design process mm. like how all the phones are too big for my tiny hands <laughs> yes <laughs> well exactly like or that. to fit in pockets not that we have pockets yeah and uh, if we but, did, uh, yeah but when when apple released their health tracker the first iteration of their health tracker it didn't have anything to track periods they just <laughs> the designers just hadn't thought that that was something that anyone wanted to do and it's just, it's yeah uh, <laughs> there's so many things like that where you think if you just asked a woman <laughs> can we you know but that's it's terrible business sense as well because you're missing out on half the world as a market yeah. so why do that and if you think about all the voice assistants 
all of those voice assistants that we have today started off with female voices. Yeah. And the manufacturers like to stress that this is not a deliberate and conscious choice. Well, I mean, it's still an unconscious bias in that case. And the fact that you can change some of them to different voices now goes some of the way to making up to it. But to me, it comes across that Silicon Valley wants to recreate the mother and the secretary yeah. in tech form. Oh, that so gave me creepy. a shiver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so although sex robots as in walking, talking, shagging fembots don't exist, some iteration of sex robots do, right? Yeah, but I, I honestly don't think that we'll ever see a mass production of this. I think it will remain fairly niche. Mm. Uh, there is a community worldwide of sex doll owners and maybe it will grow to that size, but I can't see it becoming commonplace. Yeah. I think the novelty value is there initially, but there are many other forms of technology that can be used for pleasure. And also a cheaper thing is, is perhaps if you're looking for the companionship to have these conversational AI companions. Mm. So maybe you don't need the whole robot. Yeah. Could you go into that a bit more, um, Kate, what exactly that is? So is it just like an boyfriend girlfriend app on your phone yeah so the one that real doll have developed is specifically an app that you can tweak the variables so you can say okay i want her to be a bit flirty um a bit sexy uh quite passive you, you get to tweak all these different um different inputs to get the personality that you want to respond to you and then you can have, it's just like a chat bot. You can have sort of conversation with her back and forward. And I'm calling her her. I'm gendering <laughs> the tech already. Um, they're, they're, they are working on a male version as well of that one. Um, but there are other examples. There's a, a, a Japanese company called Gatebox that made a, hologra- a hologram girlfriend, holographic girlfriend, in a little... Uh, glass jar. It's so, so, so weird when you say that. Um, Why so you have this little projection? Jar? Well, it's this little little holographic projection inside a kind of a, a case, and um, people are very you know, again this kind of companionship aspect. You can talk to this. Now that's not got AI in it right now, but it's supposed to have AI. They're incorporating that in the future. So there are lots of. Um, examples out there of uh, companies that are kind of jumping onto this and wanting to create friendly AIs and loving AIs and girlfriend experiences, boyfriend experiences. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you think uh, in the future, because um, obviously I guess the concern is that robots um, would replace women and men. Do you think that's something like in the future that could happen you wouldn't be able to tell the difference <laughs> I, I certainly think we'll always be able to tell the difference um there's the the concept of the uncanny valley which says that the closer something fake something artificial looks to human the more it creeps us out because we can tell it's not human and we mm. get immediately creeped out and we saw that in early days with computer generated imagery in films so you could tell quite clearly when something wasn't quite human and I think it was the film Polar Express that caused a lot of people to get quite about it (laughs) they're looking at it going these are creepy you know it's like it's like puppets and things like that where you go oh I don't like that it's a bit too close to human and and so we have this really good way of detecting that and there are lots of theories about why this might be some people think it's because it reminds us of death. It reminds us of corpses, you know, alive, Ooh. was alive, now not alive. So it could be a very primal response that we don't like something that's unsettling. Um, it could be that as our expectations grow, uh, we get better and better at detecting these anomalies. So we are getting, you know, we've got computer generated imagery in films now where it's really hard to tell what's real and what's not. All I can um, think of is cats. Oh, <laughs> jokes. All I'm thinking, I'm thinking cats. <laughs> oh, poor cats! I did what? I I don't know. I don't know what was worse about this film: the fact that they brought it out, or the fact that they reissued it with without the assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's bad enough. You've just made it ten times worse. <laughs> But yeah, that kind of thing. So there's always a part of us that gets quite unsettled about about the artificiality. So I don't think that we're ever going to see indistinguishable from humans because it's so, so complex, so technologically complex to make something like that. I mean, it's not going to happen in our lifetimes. Sorry. What no, kind no, of, no, I'm just amusing. <laughs> I'm still thinking about assholes. Um, <laughs> what kind of sex tech stuff exists that could enhance our relationships and our sex lives no that is the exciting part (laughs) so there's lots of really cool stuff out there and it started off with um around the sort of the beginning of this century so around 1999 2000 with that sex in the city episode Mm. with the rabbit vibrator and suddenly everybody wanted a rabbit vibrator and the vibrator, I mean, the, the, the episode itself was quite moralistic. It was saying, you don't need a vibrator, you need a man. Um, but everyone went, yeah, no, saw that. We want the vibrator. <laughs> um, but the vibrator itself, the rabbit, is, it was created to get around obscenity laws. So you weren't allowed, in Japan where it originated, you're not allowed to make replica genitals for because of obscenity reasons you know they can't resemble very closely human genitalia so it was abstracted it was turned into you know bright pink and with little bunny ears and you know suddenly they've optimized the penis and uh, it's, it's, it's really useful <laughs> but this this kind of move to abstraction in sex toys was fascinating to watch and and now we have really sort of shapes weird shapes and you know Vibrators that you can bend and twist, ones that are egg-shaped, ones that are tongue-shaped, ones that are dragon-shaped, you choose it. <laughs> and, um, and I think that's fascinating. And then we also saw better and better connectivity. So you can also have smart sex toys now, sex toys that someone else can control from a distance, for example. Mm. And 
yeah, and then a couple of years ago, well, back in 2016, um, I ran a hackathon, which is a 24-hour sort of tech pro prototyping project that you get teams together and you get them to develop new forms of tech. And I, we brought together, it was my, my students did all the hard work on bringing people <laughs> together. They brought together people from um, art backgrounds, music, psychology, industry, tech, and from all walks of life. And they got them to think about new forms of technology that um, jumped away from traditional ideas about sex toys. And the following year, we ran it again, where we said, we're not even just interested in sex anymore. We want to think about sensuous experiences and about intimacy and closeness. And that was really interesting because we have so many, so much data about our bodies. We were wearing health trackers and, you know, we've got all this data being collected about us online. What if we can take that data and feed it back into the technology that we use, the sex toys that we use? Um, and it's just been fascinating to to explore that landscape and see what you can come up with. So what kind of things might exist in the future based off that? Well, a couple of the really the projects I really like. The first year there was sort of soft robotics um, in the form of like almost like tentacles that you could put anywhere in your body. <laughs> and if you squeezed a controller that was shaped like a soft breast, they would curl around your body part. Oh, like and a it was hug. So, like a hug, yeah. Oh. But yeah, and it was so cool. And um, I just thought it was really nice because it fits any any body shape, any body mm -hmm. type. It's not, it's not saying here you need a penis or a vagina for this. You can do whatever you want with it. And then also that year, they did, the, a group did a project um, called Peacock. And what they did was they said, you know, if, if someone has a penis, you can tell when they're aroused very visibly, but not so with a vagina. So they got a vaginal egg and they put moisture sensors on it. And when the moisture sensors were triggered, it opened a giant paper peacock's tail. <laughs> and it was like a visible sign of arousal. I just thought this was so cool because think of, you could, it could drive anything. You could drive prosthetics with that. It would be so yeah. interesting. Um, but as an artistic thing, it was really beautiful as well. <laughs> it was just amazing. And then the following year, there was a group that made uh, what I called a sensuous shawl and what they called a sex blanket. <laughs> and it was essentially... <laughs> it was like they had... They got um, like a pashmina from a charity shop and they put some sensors in it. And you put this around your body and then if you were in a virtual or augmented reality environment and say you were seeing virtual rose petals falling from the ceiling, you would feel the sensors go off on your skin as if they were hitting your skin. So you could have these virtual experiences that were would trigger sensors to give you the real world feeling. And there's just so many interesting things you can do with that. That's unreal, isn't it? It's yeah. so nice. And there was a, there was another project where I ended up lying um, on a, a series, uh, like lying on, across some chairs with all these plastic inflatable tubes around me. And when I flicked a little motor, the tubes all inflated and squeezed me like a big hug. Oh. I mean, it was, it was partly really freaky, but partly really nice. <laughs> but I think everyone wants a hug in this, you know, if, if only we could do internet hugs in the age of yeah. COVID, it would be amazing. Do you think some of these things are being made because we are getting increasingly lonely because of all the tech that we have? It's a real double-edged sword. And I'm very much a tech optimist who thinks that although tech delivers us huge piles of <laughs> awful things, um, we, can, we are using it in ways to connect like we've never connected mm. before. So perhaps we are in some ways trying to replicate human human connection, yes, and I, and, and I think that's a good thing. Um, but also we're gaining so much. So people these days, because of the internet, 
have found their tribe. They find the people they can identify with. They find out about their sexuality. They find friends and partners. And online dating has... It's been great for hookups. It's also been great for long-term relationships. So I think there's a lot there to be a trade-off, really. We are seeing lifestyles that are fragmented and lonely, and that's, but that's not just the tech's fault. That's a, a much wider social picture. Um, but we are also seeing the benefits of being connected. And I hate to think of the pandemic without technology. Mm. I, mean, I, haven't seen mm. my, I haven't seen my family since January because they're in Northern Ireland and, and I can't travel to them. My dad was shielding for, for months. But I'm able to call them on a video chat and they're able to see their granddaughter. And I just think that that's so amazing. And if that was 10, 15, 20 years ago, we simply wouldn't have had that. Yeah, I do uh, totally agree with you on that. Um, so how can we use this technology to enhance um, our real life relationship? Lots of different ways. There's, there's plenty of tech out there and it doesn't even have to be that sophisticated or that smart. So I think people are finding out now there was a surge in sex toy sales when lockdown first kicked in. Um, <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> um, but I think people are realising you don't need to have sex toys that necessarily connect remotely because as long as you've got a, a, a phone link or a video link, you know, and you've got a sex toy and you've got a partner or partners at the other end of the line, then, you know, th this is great. It, it works really well. You can still have that sexual experience experience. Um, but there are lots of other things too. So there's plenty of apps out there. Um, there are apps that where you can you know, discuss things um, about your relationships, for example, more easily than you would if someone was in the room. So you might not want to look your partner in the eye while you talk to them about your favourite fantasy, but you might be more willing to share it via some kind of app um, and, and let them know that way. So I think there's a lot of closeness that can be fostered via the technology especially if people are a bit hesitant to talk face to face and I know we all try to say you know if you're grown up enough to be having sex you should be <laughs> talking about it with the person you're having sex with yes you should but there are people who are not comfortable doing that yet and if we can bridge that with technology that could be quite nice how worried should we be about like privacy and security with that stuff just because I I've reported on a few like I guess is, is data breach is the right terminology yeah, of like sex really tech is. toys um <laughs> but I guess that's just like par for the course right <laughs> it is in a way so there was one the other day literally just the other day there was a sex toy hack um or a, a vulnerability that was revealed in a chastity device a oh we read device. about it didn't we Laura <laughs> yeah we're obsessed so, with chastity devices <laughs> yeah well, it's so it's such an interesting thing because you know, this company this Chinese company that makes this device it turned out that the the lock could be overridden and it could lock and you wouldn't be able to unlock it. And especially, so it's not even that you're giving permission to someone remotely. The company can override that. Mm. So the person you think is doming you is actually <laughs> is actually the people who manufactured the device. Um, and so you know that's and that's really problematic. And but the, the kickback on that immediately on Twitter and things like that is that oh well people should never use these. And you think hang on a minute that's you you can't put this technology back in the box. People want to use it, and why shouldn't they use it? And you don't hear people making quite so much of a fuss about other forms of data and data breaches. Like, I, I, I mean, I tweeted at the same time saying, you know, I, I'm okay with my sex data being out there. I mean, it's not, <laughs> not great, but, you know, I'm, I'm about okay, as okay as I am with my health data being out there. Um, yet we are much more willing to hand over all sorts of data uncritically. So, yeah, we should be thinking critically about where our data goes, absolutely. And there have been some hacks. There was a... Um, 
a vibrator, the Wii Vibe, that was storing information about the users. And that's a pretty normal thing for a device to do. So it was taking information and sending it back to the company. And it was doing that every minute of use, roughly. And a lot of devices will do things like that so that companies can monitor performance of the device. But what it was doing was uh, not anonymizing the data. So the data mm -hmm. that was coming back was linked to the email address that people had signed up to the app with. And so that data was their sexual patterns, their use, the temperature of the device, <laughs> things wow. like this, were all being stored with their email addresses. And that is a really, really problematic thing. Yeah, we, th we thought this um, case might come up. And uh, in a statement following the breach, WeVibe actually said, at Standard Innovation, we take customer privacy and data security seriously. We have enhanced our privacy notice, increased app security, provided customers with more choice in the data they share. And we continue to work with leading privacy and security experts to enhance the app. With this settlement, Standard Innovation can continue to focus on making new innovative products for our customers. So yes, sexual data is sensitive because it can lead to harm. It can lead to people getting killed in some places if that data gets out. You know, in places that don't tolerate homosexuality, people's lives could be at risk. So it is really, really risky. Uh, and people do want to be sensitive. And it's interesting how we adapt over time to what kind of data we send. So I, I, a friend once remarked, you know, I... I don't have a problem sending people pictures of my genitals as long as my face is in the picture. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it's really odd. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of one way around it. Yeah. So, yeah, or watermark the pictures <laughs> or whatever, you know. So it, it's, it's strange the things we come up with. So, yeah, we should be careful about data. How much you trust someone? Um, start there. There's your flaw. You're only as secure as your least secured contact you know, <laughs> when it comes to selling this stuff. Um, and I think people should be careful. And this stuff stays around for a very long time um, as lots of teenagers end up finding out too late when pictures go go viral and get, you know, mm. get shared. And uh, you know, that that's a crime. And it, it, But even when those pictures are, are removed, you, know, they, they, you can't guarantee they're not out there and mm. you can't the, the impact that has is huge. So yes, we should always be really safe. With with smart sex toys, there are people out there who check them for, for security flaws. There are people who work as white hat hackers to be able to say, this is this needs fixed, this is dodgy, which is what happened with that chastity device. Ah. So there are people who, who look at security of sex tech in particular. Paisley, you've given me a wee vibe. Next time I use it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it in the morning just to throw off their data. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, oh God, she's... This isn't like Laura. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> it's really, it's so interesting because it, 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 there was, it throws up all these questions about consent as well. So what if you have a smart sex toy that you give, you give someone you trust control of it from a distance? How do you mm. know it's really them? Is it sexual assault if someone else takes over it? Oh my God. Oh. It's, it's a real grey area that we haven't quite worked out where that goes. And I'm guessing our laws don't extend to that because they don't even extend to the kind of basics of consent in some ways yeah the, the law finds it really hard to keep up with tech mm. laws and when it comes to sex law the law tends to be quite heavy-handed if you look at things like the digital economy bill mm. that wanted to ban all kinds of pornography for being just too much whatever it really wasn't just too much it was it was actually just a kink shaming law yeah um so you know I th they they dialed back on that so i think that we have to wait a long time for the law to catch up they do good in some areas but yeah, they, I mean, they, they kind of, I, I hate the name revenge porn, it's a horrible term, but they, they 
good to bring that eventually that got brought into law yeah um, but yeah there's usually a real lapse between what needs to be covered by law and what actually is mm. so there's talk of how sex robots could be a solution to incel culture what are your thoughts on that and can you kind of briefly explain um incel culture as well for anyone that yeah. doesn't know so incel stands for involuntary celibate and this was initially a term coined by someone who said, you know, I'm not, I'm, it was initially termed by a woman actually who said, you know, I, I, I want to have sex, but so I'm not able to have sex. So I'm an involuntary celibate. But it got jumped upon by a bunch of rather misogynistic young men um, who, who really feel entitled to having sex, but feel they are missing out. And women, women owe them sex, but are not giving them sex. And they are really very poisoned and misogynistic against women. And they, uh, they, I, I, when I was writing my book about sex tech, I had to go on some of the forums and it was horrible. It was really horrible. And there are people who have killed, who have murdered in the name of incels. So mm. they have you know, driven, there was a, a case in Toronto where um, someone who said he, clearly, said he was an incel and that's what motivated him drove a van at a group of people to kill them because he was really messed up by this idea that, Everyone in society was out there having fun, having sex, and he wasn't getting any, basically. It's really, really horrible. It's weaponized misogyny. And there was talk then, oh, well, if incels had sex robots, then that would solve that problem. And I just think, no, that's that's not how it works. You can't engineer this out of people. And you know, there are there actually was talk on the forum, some people saying, what if you had this perfectly biddable woman, which is what they really want, is, is the, the perfect biddable woman. Uh, and some of them were replying, well, that's just a cope. That's not real. It won't, it won't be real until the actual women submit. Oh. You know, it's, it's really grim. It's really, really grim. So, no, I don't think that's a solution at all. I, I think that's just wishful thinking um, in terms of people suggesting that. It sounds like putting a plaster over a gunshot wound. Yeah, exactly. There's so many... So many wor really worrying, radicalised factors going on there. Did you call yourself like tech positive or have I just imagined tech that? Tech positive, I did. I'm a tech optimist. I yeah. really am. And, and I, it's weird because um, day to day I'm teaching students about the really negative impacts of things like AI on society because there are so many. And yet, yet I'm still convinced that technology can be a really good thing for us and can bring humans closer together. And do you think we could all, because I feel like, until I met Paisley, I always say, say this, I'd never used a sex toy. I feel like among straight females, sometimes it can be a bit of a taboo thing. But do you think we could all benefit from a sex toy? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it's a really lovely thing. And it's been very, very difficult sometimes um, in academia to say, well, I'm researching sex, but I'm researching it because of pleasure. Because a lot of the time you're expected to research it because of health or biology or psychology and you know there are a few of us a small handful of us that are researching it because we think that people enjoy pleasure and that sex is such a fundamental part of our existence as humans some people choose not to do that some people don't feel the urge but quite a lot of people have this drive that's part of being human to go and have sex and seek out pleasure and and I think that if we can use technology to help us feel good and happy about ourselves and that's a really lovely thing i'm welling I up feel, <laughs> i feel really bad for our analogy at the beginning what actually james is <laughs> this conversation will be like robot wars with dildos <laughs> 
How insulting. <laughs> My friend turned sex robots as dildos with faces. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's a bit more technologically sophisticated than that. Um, thank you so much. Honestly, that was like fascinating and yeah, move, fascinating. moving, weirdly moving. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Kate. Thank you. If people want to find your book, Kate, or anything else about you, where can they do that? Um, so if they just Google turned on science, sex and robots, and you'll find loads of places to buy the book. And um, you can always find me on Twitter ranting about something at, at Dr. Kate Devlin. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Laura. I feel really proud of us for having such a intelligent episode. <laughs> Don't put us down like that. All our episodes I'm are not... intelligent. Okay. But you do know what I mean? That was just so interesting. I loved it. I think she's incredible. Um, for me, what I found most striking was like, I think in general, as people, we we tend to talk so easily about how awful tech is and how it's ruining our like relationships and our emotional intelligence. But the way Kate speaks about it shows that we could use it for good and to enhance our relationships. I just think that's so interesting and positive. Exactly. And especially her point about now with obviously living in a pandemic. I can't imagine that without technology. And although at first like it made me laugh when she said those things designed to kind of hug you, but so many people are alone now because mm. they literally have no choice. Yeah. So it's incredible that we can actually design these things. I know. It could change people's lives. Um, oh. So basically, we're on board with sex robots. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Harmony, not for me. Hugging tentacles. I'm into it. <laughs> this brings us to the end of this episode of Cosmopolitans All the Way with. Thanks to Kate for joining us and you for listening. If you have any sex questions or dating dilemmas, message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK. Cosmopolitans All the Way with was recorded by Number Eight Studios remotely and is available to download on Acast, iTunes, and all the usual podcast apps. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.